Thank you, Jesus. Let's ask the Lord to bless us today. Father, we give you thanks for this time together. We thank you that we can come in the house of the Lord freely to worship you. Thank you for your presence here as we worshiped you today. Changing our hearts and lives is what you ask. Now anoint your word to our hearts, our minds, our ears. Give us understanding and insight in your word that we can apply and change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Stephen has uh, been preaching on, I'm reminding you, we're going to see what Paul has to say. And our first scripture is Philippians 4, verse 8. We're going to read Philippians 4, 8, and 9. Paul is reminding us of some things. And he says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, moral excellence, and if there be anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. That's a lot. You can preach just on that one verse, and I did before a long time ago. Listen, look at verse 9. Paul is reminding us. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these things do, and the God of peace will be with you. How many of you want the God of peace with you? I do. And he's with us every day. But you have to remind yourself of that. And let his peace lead you and guide you and encourage you, instruct you in the things of God. We have to remind ourselves because, you know, when you get up in the morning and you go to your work and your job, it's not like being in church, is it? Not necessarily, unless you're self-employed, then it is. You take Jesus with you anyway, which I do. But you have to remind yourself, you're in this world, but you're not of it. You don't have to be conformed to this world. You can let God change you on a daily basis. And you know what? He wants to change you on a daily basis. That's the good news. Not only does he want to change you, he enables you to change. We don't have any excuse for living in Depression, fear, doubt. You know why? Because he's done it all. Remember, everything comes back to our Lord Jesus Christ. He paid the price. Perfect, sinless, paid the price for you, became a sin offering to change your life. And he doesn't leave us by ourselves, does he? No. He said, when I go away, I'm going to send a comforter, and he's going to lead you and guide you into what? All truth. What is truth? It's right here. Remember Pilate said, what is truth? We have the truth, the word of God. Don't take it for granted. Don't leave it on your coffee table. Read it. I got Bibles all over my house. Whenever I'm not, I read it. Whenever I'm there. Look at our first point. Forsake. That's your word, what the world says and believe God's word. It's your choice. You can do that. Turn with me to Romans 12, 1 and 2. You can forsake what the world says and you can believe God's word because he enables us. His word changes us. There's nothing more powerful than the word of God. 
I want you to close your eyes right now, and I want you to think when you got saved. What changed? No person. Your mom didn't you change you? Your husband, your wife? Only the word of God changed you. That's it. It doesn't stop. Salvation is a beginning, right? Every day, let the word of God change you. His promise is that he will. Read with me. Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Whoa. You can say, Selah. Ponder this. Think upon this. The good, the acceptable, and perfect will of God. That's what I want to prove in my life, don't you? Well, how do you do that? You let the word of God change this. See, when you got saved, you became a new creature, a new creation on the inside. You changed. You still had the same body. You still had the same mind. You let the word of God change your mind. And it's a battlefield. It's a battleground. Your mind is. But you know what? Jesus won. We are victorious because of what he has done. In Psalms 119, 105, it says, His word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Where are you going? I don't know where I'm going, but I got the light. I can see. This is where I'm going. I'm going this way because I'm trusting God to lead me and to guide me on a daily basis. You can't live in the past, can't live in the future, but you live today. Today is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it because his word is alive and I'm going to let it be alive in me. I'm going to let him change me. One thing I've been doing as of late is I have been an aggressive driver. You know what an aggressive driver is? A person that is uh, a perfectionist that's always in a hurry because <laughs> he doesn't want to be late. I hate being late. I'm always on time. I like being 15 minutes early wherever I'm going. Well, if you put that in your driving and you live in Lafayette, that's not a good thing because <laughs> you're always fussing at that driver that's Messing things up, messing you up. So what the Lord has told me, and he did tell me that one time, and I drive a big van, so you can't be an aggressive driver in a big van that's carrying 1,800 pounds of water. So you're pushing that. So he said, you're an aggressive driver. I said, yeah, Lord, you're right. I am an aggressive driver. Help me change. Okay, do this. When that person sits at that red light, and it's an arrow, and they wait, Four seconds before they leave, and you're the fourth one behind, you're not going to make that hour, are you? <laughs> no. Nah. So instead of fussing at them like I used to, I decided I'm going to pray for them. You don't know what they're going through. You don't, do you? You don't know if they're saved or not. And if they are saved, you ought to bless them, not curse them. And so I started doing that. Haven't I? <laughs> My wife is saying yes. And you know what? It's changed my outlook completely. 
I'm still working on it. But I am not an aggressive driver. In Jesus' name. I'm still working on it. But pray for the people, especially out there in the traffic. You don't know what they're going through. They need your prayers. They need uplifting. So pray for them. Saturate your mind with God's word and his promises to change the way you think and view life. You see, I view those people differently now. Suppose they've gone through a rough time. You get to pray for them. They might even get saved because of your prayers. You don't know. Nothing's more powerful than the word of God. Turn with me in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It's one of my favorite passages. All these scriptures I'm sharing with you today, they're all my favorite passages. I can't read all of them, but I put them on your notes so you can go over the note and read the scriptures, okay? Because the word of God will change you, right? Hebrews 4, verse 12. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the what? Thoughts and intents of the heart. Nothing is more powerful than the word of God. We said earlier, that's what happened to you when you got saved, right? It changed you. Changed your heart. And then it changed your thinking. The things you used to love, no, I don't like that anymore because God doesn't like it. The things I used to hate, I love now. I love the things of God because my heart has changed. Now I'm changing my mind. And how do you change your mind? Reading the word. Confessing the word. I remember when we first got saved in the 70s, there was a charismatic move, and everybody, when they went to church, brought a little tape recorder. That's when we had those little tapes, you know, cassette tapes, and we taped the whole message, and then we go listen to it again. And then we wrote little index cards, scripture cards, with nothing to carry, 10 of them in your pocket. You take it out, and you read that word all day long. Meditate on it like a cow does, chewing the cud. Oh, yeah, it means that. The next day you read that scripture again. Oh, yeah, it means that. And it changes your way of life. I'm going to move this down because that light is like noonday. <laughs> ah, much better. The word of God can transform our life. In Psalms 119, 133, it says, he orders my steps. Yes, sir, Lord. Remember what Brother Stephen said the other day about his little son saying, yes, sir, yes, sir. God is a loving father. He loves obedience. And so when he wants to change you, you say, yes, sir. And you know what happens when you don't want to change? He has a rod. He gives you a little spanking. Change. Because whatever God has for us is what? The best. The best is what God has for us. And I want what God has for me, don't you? The best. Lord, change me so I can be used. Each one of us tomorrow is going to go to work. You're going to meet people I will never meet. 
just being friendly and kind is preaching the gospel. You are a Bible they'll never read. So they're reading you. How you respond, how you act, what you say is going to speak to people. So be encouraged. Tomorrow you're going to be an ambassador, okay? I'm an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Everybody I meet, I'm going to bless. I'm not going to curse. I'm going to be friendly. And if the Lord gives me a word to speak to him from his word, I'm going to speak it. Boldly, like a lion. Right? And if you're not a lion yet, just let him work on you. Just remember, he'll bring people into your life that you can be a blessing unto. So be instant, in season and out of season, the Bible tells us, right? First point, forsake what the world says and believe God's word. Second point, ask the Lord to help you change your thinking. Turn with me into James chapter 1. Ask the Lord to help you change your thinking. You're going to think, right? You are going to think. You might as well think pleasant thoughts, good thoughts, victorious thoughts, because that's where the battle is. The enemy comes in to try and discourage you with fear, doubt, what if, what if, what if. You just respond back. God is. God is. God is in control of my life because he loves me and because I love him. James chapter 1, verse 5. I sound like the Bible uh, audio program. I listen to it every day at work, and I'll go through uh, 10 chapters or the whole book of John in, in a day because I'm just listening all while I'm working. And it, when I said it, just didn't sound like the, the recording. James chapter 5. And it reads it in the New King James Version. Read with me. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all, how many? All, liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. That's you. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he that doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed. Don't doubt. God loves you. Jesus paid the eternal price. He sent the Holy Spirit to lead you, to guide you, and to help you. So trust him. When you need something, ask him. Lord, I've been really having a battle in my mind with fear and lack. Help. Well, He'll answer you back. I haven't given you that spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Oh, a sound mind? I don't have to think of fear? No. And you know what? When the enemy comes in, I'll just sit back, and then I'll just yield to the Holy Spirit, and I'll just start praying in the Spirit. And after about five minutes, the peace of God comes, floods my heart, floods my mind, and takes control. So, yeah, that's right. No, I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to doubt. I'm going to trust God. And you know what? He always comes through. Always. He never fails. Even when I goof up and I fail sometimes, he never fails. He'll pick me up. 
wash me clean, and say, go this way. Don't go that way. Think this way. Don't think that way. Let the word of God change you and ask him. Turn with me to Mark eleven twenty four. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Look what the Word of God says. Therefore I say unto you. Now who is saying this? It's read in my Bible. Jesus. Jesus says, what Ever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you what? Will have them. Whatever you ask for. Well, how do you know I'm going to ask for things that are right? I don't. But if you ask for the wrong things, he'll tell you. No, you can't have that. No, that's that's you're just lusting after that. No, you can't have that. Be at peace. The peace of God's going to rule you and guide you. So don't worry about whether you're asking God out of envy or because you lust after something, want something. Lust is the wrong word I'm using. But anyway, you desire something so much, you know, and you want to feed the flesh. No, just trust him to lead you and to guide you. 1 John 3.22 says, Ask and we receive. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. You're going to have to start listening a little faster. Just kidding. 1 John chapter 5. Ask the Lord to change your thinking. Verse 14, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he what? He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. We know, we have confidence, we have trust, that if I ask God, he hears me. He's not way off yonder somewhere, he's here. He's a very present time, a uh, very present help in time of trouble. God is always with you. Realize that. God is always with you. Even when you do things bad, he sees you. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. See, that's a little bit of fear of God. No, I'm not going to do that because God won't like it. I want to please God. God's going to help me. If you ask him, he will do it. Look at our third point. What will control your mind and life if you let them? Imaginations. Imaginations will control your mind and your life if you let them. Remember the last week, Brother Stephen shared 2 Corinthians 5.17. We are new creatures or creations in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17. We are new creations. I remember the first time I read that. I thought, whoa, I'm different. I don't have to be that old person anymore. I don't have to think like that anymore. I'm a different 
creation, a different person. And so I can control my thinking. I control my mind. Why? Because Jesus has changed me. Imaginations do not have to control you. You can, can control them. Same book, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Turn with me. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5 is one of my favorite verses. It's your spiritual warfare verse. Nobody has to tell you you're in a battle. The victory has been won. The price has been paid. But you're still here. You're not in heaven yet. So you got to bring heaven down here. And Jesus said, hey, guys, I'm leaving. But you know what? I'm going to leave and I'm going to send the comforter and he's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit is here with us to encourage us, to strengthen us and to teach us how to fight. Because he'll take the word of God. That's your sword, right? Quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. He'll take the word of God as you read it and change you. Change your life. And if you're having a battle in here with imaginations, sometimes you just have to say, in the name of Jesus, I bring those thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. And then you take this word and you chew it like a cow. Look what it says. Chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. This is your weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but what? Mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, or in King James, imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God or the word of God. Anything that tries to exalt itself against the word of God, you bring it down. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. No, I'm not going to think that way. That's easy to say it when you're in an atmosphere like this, right? But when you're at work and somebody does you wrong, <laughs> I'm going to get them back. If you do, you're going to get spanked. And if you do, you're not an ambassador of the Lord. Now, is it easy? No, because we live in the flesh. And when somebody does us wrong, we want to strike back, don't we? Yeah. But no. You want to let the love of God flow through you and minister into them. And, man, it's amazing how when you do that to somebody, how they change. You're not going to strike back? No. And then you just pray for them. You pray for yourself, for the grace to be able to love them and forgive them. You got to forgive them. Is it easy? No. But you can. Why? Because Jesus has forgiven you. And so you just let him flow. But look, this is your warfare. This is your weapons. The word of God. You have the power and authority through the word of God to control your mind. Where's the battleground? In your mind. 
You can control it. You can allow him to change you. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Paul says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. See, the enemy comes against you through people. For we, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness of hosts in the heavenly places. As a battleground, the powers of darkness doesn't like you. Jesus has defeated the powers of darkness. He's given you an angel to war on your behalf. So let him. Pray in the spirit. Do the warfare. Control your thinking. And pull down the strongholds of the enemy. Don't let imaginations control your life, whatever they are. Let the word of God change you and control you. Amen? Look at point four. Trust in the Lord to keep you. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is another one of my favorite verses. Proverbs chapter 3. This is one of my first verses I latched on, put on the little cards. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And what? And he shall direct your path. Lord, I trust you. I'm trusting you with all my heart. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. In all your ways, I'm going to acknowledge you, and you will direct my path. This verse really became alive to me in 1977 when I went into business for myself, being self-employed. You learn what trust is, and you learn what faithfulness is. Man, all those years, God is always faithful to provide, always, always, always. Sometimes when it's too much work, say, okay, Lord, help me get all the work out. Trust, whatever you're doing. Trust God to show you, to encourage you, to strengthen you, to change you. He shall direct your steps. Psalms 91, verse 14 through 16. Look at that with me. Psalms 91, back in 1973, was my assurance policy. You know I have insurance policy? This is your assurance I can still quote the whole verse. You should know that verse, that psalm. Because I wasn't going to read the verse part. I'm going to read it anyway. Listen to that. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Selah. Think on that. 
whoa, the shadow, the shade, whoa, I'm here. You know, and a lot of preachers have said this. You had the little mother hen and the little chicks are underneath them. That's you. You're in God's protection. Don't fear. Don't threat. How's this going to happen? How's that? I don't know. God does. And he said, I'm going to take care of you. The last two verses gives you the assurance. All of it's good, but let's read the last two verses. Jesus says this. He says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Heard a story a long time ago during one of the wars. The Christian had his little Bible in his pocket, pocket version, and they were attacked during the night, overwhelmed. And just about when the battle was at the thickest, he was reading Psalms 91. Not reading it, quoting it, because he was too busy. (laughs) He was quoting it. There shall no evil befall me, neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. A thousand shall fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand. When daybreak came, instead of them being defeated, all the enemy ships were defeated. Thousands of the enemy were floating in the water. They were rescuing them. The Lord protected them and kept them. He'll do that for you. You're in a battleground, right? You're in a warfare. Where is the warfare? In your mind. You control your, it's your mind, right? You control it. Let the word of God change you and establish you. Trust him to keep you. Psalms 37, 3 and 5, commit your way unto the Lord and he will keep you. We're not going to read that because we're going to number five. Number five, heart belief changes head belief and thinking. Heart belief changes the way you think. Very familiar verse, probably the verse I read when I got saved. I got saved on a boat reading the Word of God. Remember real clearly. I read this in Romans 10, 9, and 10. Listen to what it says. The Word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the Word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Man, I read that, I said, whoa. I believe. And so then I prayed the prayer. I said, Lord, change me. I was Catholic at the time, so I said, I'll sell everything I got. I'll go be a Catholic priest. I didn't have the gift of celibacy because we had seven daughters. (laughs) Most beautiful wife. But I gave my heart to Jesus. Everything I laid at the foot of the cross. I knew he had saved me. I remember reading in the Gospels 
You know how they crucified him, put him down? I thought, boy, if I'd have been there, I'd have stopped him. No, that's not the point, right? He did it for me, and I knew it, and I gave my heart all the guilt and frustration left. All of a sudden, I was in my bunk. I was on a tugboat. Rome got real bright. I mean, bright, bright, white. Whoa, and I felt the presence of God. Whoa, this is real. Changed my life. No longer did drugs. I'll tell the story. Right after this happened, right? Looked at my watch. I got time. I grabbed my stash. I got a joint. I went on top by the stack, smoked the joint. Just got saved, right? Smoked the joint. Looked at my watch. Oh, I still got time. I'm going to go read the Bible. So I go back down, get the Bible, go in the galley. That's where we eat. Get my Bible. I start reading it. You know what happened? Pages look like that. Is that right? Yeah. The words disappeared. I thought, whoa, what is that? And I looked again. Oh, and, they, and then they came back. Three times it happened. No words. First time ever heard a voice on the inside. And it said, it's either me or the drugs. You can't have both. Oh, man, I got goosebumps all over. The whoa, this is real. So I went and got my stash, threw it overboard, never touched it again. Had real long hair down my back. I was reading in Corinthians. It says, Corinthians says, it's a shame for a man to have long hair. And I wouldn't cut my hair for nobody. I was a glorified hippie. Shame for a man to have long hair. I worked 14 and 7. So when I went back in, cut my hair. My life changed. Why? Because I read the word. And I didn't want to do anything that wasn't pleasing unto my Savior because I knew this was real. I'd go visit my guys, and they smoking dope, right? So we're sitting around and talking. So they pass a joint, and I just pass it around, <laughs> pass a joint. And one of them said, Larry, you used to look good before you cut your hair. So then I told my testimony. And you know what? They didn't want what I had. I sure didn't want what they had. Because that wasn't real. This is real. It changes your life. And it changed my life completely. No, you didn't hang around with those people anymore. I started hanging around with new people. People that were uplifting like you. The word of God would change you. Because you believe with your heart, right? You're different now. You think different. Psalms 90, verse 12, teach me, Lord, to number my days that I can apply my heart unto wisdom. We're not going to go there. But we are going to go to uh, John 14, 16. Look at this. Another one of my favorite passages. You know, when I first got saved, my life changed, and then persecution started because I worked from midnight to 6 in the morning, and I would keep the, the mate, which was driving the boat, company. But, you know, he was foul-mouthed like I used to be. He liked chasing women and talking stuff like that. So I didn't like to do that anymore, so I didn't go up there anymore. He threatened to fire me three times for reading the Bible. I said, now, listen, you're not threatening because I'm reading the Bible. You want me to go up there and keep you awake. I said, I don't like to talk that way anymore. Anyway, so life changed. Went to a first 
prayer meeting. It was big meeting, and people were worshiping the Lord. I thought, whoa, this is really something. They were raising their hands. And I said, whoa, this is kind of freaking me out here. I said, but I'm watching them, and I would watch the people. And then they started worshiping in the spirit. I mean, worshiping and glorifying God. And I thought, whoa, this is really freaking me out. But then I was watching them. I said, you know what, Lord? They're closer to you than I am. I want what they got. Didn't understand it. Three days later, I got it, and I got a double portion, and I'm glad I got it. Look at what it says in John chapter 16. You're probably already there because I was talking. John chapter 16, verse 13. Mentioned it a few times already. Jesus says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but the Holy Spirit has come. He's coming to you. And he'll lead you and guide you into all what? Truth. What's truth? This word. Whenever you read the word, don't just read it. Say, you know what? Lord, I want to fellowship with you in your word today. Reveal your word to me as I read it. And most of the time, you're only going to read three verses because you're getting so much out of it. Let him change you. Only the word can change you, right? But the Holy Spirit, the spirit of promise is here to keep us, to lead us, to guide us. And the more you pray in tongues, the easier it is to hear his voice. Remember what Paul says, I thank my God I pray in tongues more than anybody, everybody. When I read that, I thought, well, if it's good for Paul, it's good for me. And I still do it all the time, all the time. You can pray in tongues while you're working, especially if you're working equipment, machinery. Last verse we want to share, Hebrews chapter 11. Life is good. Jesus is real. And he's the only Savior. No other way. Hebrews chapter 11. You want to know what faith is? I'm glad you asked because God told you. Isn't that good? God tells us everything. Anything you need to know. Whatever area of your life, you'll find it in the word of God. Look what he says. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. How do you know God's real? They, people ask that all the time. Prove God's real to me. I know God's real because he's inside of me. He's real because I've experienced it. Nobody can talk you out of it, your experience. Remember the first time you rode a bike? Somebody look at you and say, you can't ride that bike. <laughs> you crazy, I just did. How you know God's real? Because he's living inside of me. Because his words always comes alive unto me. A long time ago, a faith preacher said, faith means forsaking all I trust him. Now look at your paper. Look at your paper. Look at your words, each word. F A I. T-H, faith. 
Forsaking all, I trust him. Trust him. Confidence in him. To change what? Your thinking. No matter what it is. And if you feel like you have strongholds, ask somebody to pray with you. I need help. <clears throat> because the helper is here, right? We already said that. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Always a priv privilege to share God's word. Stand up with me. Linnell will come to the piano. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to ask the Lord to help us. And look, if you need me to pray with you right now, I will, and you will be set free. If you want the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you don't speak in tongues, you can have that today. Because your Father is the giver of it. Jesus will give you the Holy Spirit if you ask Him. You will pray in a heavenly language to glorify Him, to magnify Him, to encourage yourself, to strengthen yourself, especially when you're going through a battle. The Holy Spirit will help you, keep you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you and worship you. We thank you for your word, your word being truth. Let your word now quicken our hearts and our lives. Let it encourage us. Let it strengthen us. Let it change our minds. And if you're having struggles in your mind, controlling your mind, whether it's against fear, doubt, lack, inabilities, whatever it is, let's ask God to help you right now. I want everybody to lift your hands right now. I want everybody to pray this. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for being my Lord and Savior. I ask that you set my mind free to receive from your word, to transform my mind as I read your word, to be your ambassador. I thank you for your love for me. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to wait upon the Lord a little while now. If you want specific prayer and you want me to pray for you, whatever it is, we'll pray. And God will set you free. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We worship you. You are worthy to be praised and magnified. King of kings and Lord of lords supreme, Jesus.